Well, good morning, everyone. I'm pleased to be here uh, with Adriana LaGrange, Minister of Health, Dan Williams, Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Jason Nixon, Minister of Seniors, Community and Social Services, Ed Stelmack, Board Chair of Covenant Health, Cody McIntyre, President of Alberta Professional Firefighters and Paramedics Association, Elliot Davis, Vice President, Alberta Professional Firefighters and Paramedics Association, Sean Turlson, President and CEO of Shepherd's Care Foundation, Dr. Les Scheeler, who is an anesthesiologist, Dr. Susan Prendergast, who is President of the Nurse Practitioner Association of Alberta, Alicia Lobe, uh, the Membership Director of the Alberta Association of Nurses, Kevin Ferguson, Mayor of the Town of Padoka, and Sandy Edmondson, Board Member of Alberta Health Services. Welcome to a new day for healthcare in Alberta. From the very beginning of our government's mandate, improving healthcare at every level has been the top of our list of priorities, and with delays affecting the whole system, the urgency of the challenge can't be overstated. Wait times for life-saving surgeries, routine care, and mental health treatment are far too long. Alberta's health system isn't working the way it should and the way Albertans deserve. And fixing it is critically important to improving Albertans' quality of life. And improvements must begin with Alberta Health Services, the largest provincially integrated health system in the country. While all Albertans can and should be proud of our frontline professionals, the structure behind them is not setting them up for success. We have seen unacceptable wait times for surgeries and emergency rooms. We've seen constant service disruptions and temporary closures at rural hospitals, EMS code reds and response times not meeting targets. Right now, thousands of Albertans do not have access to a primary care provider, and so many of our seniors are waiting in hospital wards for access to continuing care longer than in any other province. We can point to the ledgers that show our health care spending per person is about the same as the national average and in BC and Ontario, and yet some of our outcomes aren't better and are not improving. For example, Albertans are waiting longer for hip and knee replacements. Only 38% of hip replacements and 27% of knee replacements in our province meet the national wait time benchmarks. And the time Albertans remain in hospital, even after they no longer need hospital care, is four to five days longer than the national average because they lack the supports to return home. The human cost to both patients and their family is immeasurable. I'm not satisfied with the current state of our affairs, and I know Albertans aren't satisfied either. Right after I became Premier, we launched our health care action plan, and I directed Dr. John Cowell to make immediate changes to deliver some quick and needed results. We knew that those immediate actions would not fix the entire health care system, but we needed to take steps forward. Thanks to that work, we've seen some improvements, but not enough. I've spoken with Albertans one-on-one, -on -one, and they've made this report, this point to us repeatedly in very personal ways. They've told me about surgeries postponed or cancelled, innovative treatments that are unavailable in our province because of holdups and approvals, and entire days lost to waiting in crowded emergency rooms near a suffering loved one. Some emergency departments have closed their doors because of a lack of staff, which is the exact opposite of why emergency departments exist in the first place. Faults in the healthcare system cause needless pain and anxiety at Albertans' most vulnerable times, and they put tremendous strain on the frontline professionals who are working every day to help sick and suffering Albertans. When I spoke with frontline health workers, I began to get a sense of how we could truly make a difference, a long-term lasting difference for Albertans' healthcare. Without a doubt, we have the best healthcare workers in the country. They're smart, skilled, endlessly compassionate people who understand their patients and their practice. And yet when they're, they are sidelined when it comes to decision making, even though they understand the problems and see obvious solutions. They try their best, but they end up being stalled and frustrated by a system that lacks focused leadership and governance. The current health system in our province limits government's ability to provide system-wide oversight on behalf of the people of Alberta. It also limits our ability to set priorities and require accountability for meeting them. The current Alberta healthcare system is one that has forgotten who should be at the center of its existence, patients and the healthcare experts who look after them. We need to bring Alberta's healthcare system back to its mission of delivering the healthcare Albertans need when and where they need it. We've had recent and extensive consultations with healthcare partners and communities uh, during important projects like modernizing Alberta's primary healthcare system, 
We've also engaged on areas of emergency medical services, mental health and addiction, continuing care and health care system sustainability. Everything we've heard has helped to inform the development of our plan, a plan that I'm pleased to introduce today. This is all about refocusing our health care system to prioritize patients and empower health care workers. Starting today, we're creating an integrated provincial health care delivery system that concentrates on four priority areas, primary care, acute care, continuing care, and mental health and addiction. We believe that by creating specialized organizations within one provincial system, we will enable each organization to look after one area of health care only and avoid the scattered and uncoordinated approach of the more rigid centralized structure that exists now. These changes will apply province-wide to avoid the regional fragmentation that existed prior to the current system. This focus will help the new organizations better manage performance and promote expertise in areas be faster and more responsive to issues, recognize innovative solutions, and make space for local decision-making and advice. The newly refocused system will be more accountable, ensuring consistent quality care across the province. Patient outcomes will be better monitored as a result. And all of this will result in a better system, not only for patients, but also for healthcare workers. Frontline healthcare workers will be a large part of organizations that are dedicated to their area of practice, providing undivided attention to issues and giving workers room to innovate and apply solutions with fewer delays due to bureaucracy. Through this process, though this process begins today, we understand that restructuring takes time and dedicated effort. This is why we have named a transition team to guide the process of forming these organizations and Minister Adriana Lagrange will have details on these changes and the team that will oversee the transition of AHS. But I want to be clear about this plan, about what it is and what it is not. I made a public health care guarantee to Albertans. That means no one will ever pay out of pocket for a, a visit to a doctor or for hospital services. And that is not changing. These reforms have nothing to do with privatization. They are also not about cuts. Alberta's government will continue to grow the healthcare workforce and we anticipate that there will be no job losses to HS staff working in frontline positions who are de directly delivering patient care. In fact, our government knows that Alberta needs more healthcare workers and so will continue to recruit and train more of them. This isn't change for the sake of change. This is a matter of redirecting Alberta's healthcare system, making it patient-centred, seamless and effective. It's about giving healthcare workers a structure that supports their success and the opportunity to use solutions they know will work as quickly and effectively as possible. This is change that will mean the right forms of care are available for Albertans when and where they need them now and for generations to come. Our plan won't lead to change overnight, but it will lead to swift and effective reforms that will make life better for everyone from patients to doctors to nurses and other healthcare professionals. I want to invite Minister LaGrange to share more details on our path and how we'll deliver the kind of results that Albertans are looking for. Thank you. Thank you, Premier, and good morning to everyone. We are at a critical juncture when it comes to healthcare in Alberta. As Premier said, we are refocusing Alberta Health Services so that we can provide a high-functioning health care system that prioritizes patient care and empowers our health care workers. We are beginning this change by listening to health care, to the health care workforce and to Albertans. Throughout this process, we will rely on the expertise of health care workers and will work with them to make changes for the better. We will also listen to Albertans who use the system every day to ensure their experiences and ideas are part of these changes. During this transition, we will work to minimize disruption to the daily work of healthcare staff and our pri priority will always be, and I want to repeat that, always be to protect frontline jobs. I would like to thank Dr. John Cowell for stepping up to serve as the official administrator of Alberta Health Services since last October. Today, I am announcing a new AHS board, which is made up of seven members, and I'm pleased to announce that Dr. Lyle Oberg will be the chair. Dr. Oberg has years of extensive experience as a physician, rural practitioner, 
and multifaceted leader. Under Dr. Oberg's leadership, this board will guide the changes that will gradually unfold over the next 18 months. It is crucial we take the time to get this work right, which is why it will roll out in stages over the coming months and years. In addition to the new AHS board, transitional boards for the organizations will be named over the coming weeks. The first organization to be formed will be the new continuing care organization, which we expect will be ready to go this coming spring. The new continuing care organization will seamlessly continue the work of transforming the area of continuing care, which is already well underway. So this, work, uh, so this includes work to streamline Alberta's continuing care legislation, developing services and supports for home and community care, improving existing continuing care facilities, and exploring better options to empower Albertans to live where and how they want to. The continuing care organization will be responsible for oversight and coordination services and supports, and all operators, including the refocused Alberta Health Services as well as Covenant Health. All of these operators will continue to deliver services under contract with the new continuing care organization. Incidentally, this solves a long-standing issue where AHS both procures and provides services in continuing care. The establishment of the new continuing care organization will be quickly followed by the launch of the new mental health and addictions organization. And you will get more details from Minister Williams on this organization in just a few moments. In the fall of 2024, we expect to unveil the final two organizations, primary care and acute care. The new primary care organization will be dedicated to the delivery of primary health care, that is, ensuring that every Albertan has access to a doctor, nurse practitioner, pharmacist, and any other primary health care provider that is necessary. I know how distressing it can be when you don't have a health care professional to turn to, whether it's for immediate advice or a regular checkup. Primary care providers should be the first stop when health issues arise. But for the many Albertans who do not have one, it means their health will go unchecked, which could result in some very serious health implications later on. The core mandate of the new primary care organization will be to ensure every Albertan is connected to a regular family doctor, nurse practitioner, or primary care facility, regardless of where they live in the province. As I announced a few weeks ago, we have already begun these efforts to stabilize and improve access to primary care in all areas of the province. The recommendations in the Modernizing Primary Care Systems reports made by the expert panels will inform the direction of the new primary care organization, and its work will go on to strengthen Alberta's primary health care system. Finally, the new acute care organization will oversee delivery of services in areas including hospitals, urgent care centers, cancer care, clinical operations, surgeries, and emergency medical services. AHS will become a service provider, much like Covenant Health. Both, along with other contracted emergency service providers, will work with the new acute care organization to continue to improve wait times for emergency care, whether it be in, on an ambulance call or an emergency room wait. All four of the new healthcare organizations will also be focused on empowering appropriate decision making at a local level so we are more responsive to the needs of Albertans on the ground. They will be aided in this by 12 new advisory councils which are replacing the existing 12 AHS advisory councils as well as a new Indigenous advisory council. These local advisory councils will represent and advocate for regional perspectives, bring forward local priorities, and give input on how to continually improve the system. Overall, alignment between the four new health organizations will be overseen by an integration council that will also track efficiencies, remove barriers, and improve outcomes. This is how 
four new organizations will continue to operate seamlessly within a single provincial health system. There will be rigor to this process ensuring that patients and the workforce are at the forefront of every decision. The Ministry of Health will also change its structure to better align with the new organizations, including creating a procurement and system optimization secretariat and expanding the role of the Health Quality Council of Alberta. As I said earlier, all along this process, we will be consulting with the healthcare workers who are crucial to the system's success. This is a huge undertaking, but a necessary one. There are many facets to this work, but all of it will follow seven non-negotiable guiding principles. And they are, one, a single functioning healthcare system with specialized areas that focus on delivering the best care that is important to a high functioning system. Two, improving patient outcomes by ensuring Albertans get the best care when and where they need it. Three, creating seamless integration and collaboration between all of the new organizations so patients will experience a smooth healthcare journey with appropriate transitions in care where needed. Four, supporting a workforce whose own well-being is prioritized, whose expertise is leveraged, and whose decision-making is empowered. Five, promoting local decision-making by incorporating regional advice. Six, keeping communication transparent in making frequent efforts to stay in touch with frontline workers and patients alike. And seven, fully committing to our plans, but also remaining flexible to support the ideas and perspectives from our frontline workers and from Albertans. I want to emphasize this important piece. Throughout this process, you will continue to access healthcare how and where you normally would. For a health emergency, you will still call an ambulance or go to the hospital. Surgeries will still happen the same way as they are, they are right now. You will still visit your family doctor, primary care clinic, walk-in clinic, lab, pharmacist, and so on for day-to-day health care needs and advice. If you or a loved one need assisted living, you will still access continuing care sites or home care. We are committed to this plan because we are committed to Albertans, and they deserve the very best healthcare system possible. This is exciting. This is an opportunity to take care of the system and the people that keeps all of us healthy. And refocus, refocusing is so that we can work, not only, the refocus is so that it will work not only for us, but for all Albertans long into the future. This is so critically important. We have to provide for now, but we also have to provide for the next generations. So thank you, and I will now invite Minister Williams to the podium. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Minister Lagrange. Uh, as you just heard, the refocusing of Alberta's provincial health system will include a renewed focus on mental health and addiction. Today's announcement expands on the work we have been engaged in over the last four years to build out the Alberta recovery model. We have already taken significant steps in increased access and treatment and recovery sports, supports by one, adding more than 10,240 addiction treatment spaces throughout our province, two, removing the 1,240 dollar a month user fee to get access to life-saving treatment for those in the deadly disease of addiction. Three, by building 11 long-term recovery communities through the province, two of which, pardon me, two of which are already open and operating. The opening of these facilities will increase the addiction treatment capacity in Alberta by more than 50%. We're, we're providing same-day, no-fee, no wait list, immediate access to evidence-based treatment through the Virtual Opioid Dependency Program. And we're expanding options for counseling and mental health supports throughout the province. These are just a few of the steps that were already taken to build out the Alberta Recovery Model, which is receiving international acclaim. 
but more work is to be done. The creation of this model was made possible because of the creation of my ministry, the Ministry of Mental Health and Addiction. As part of the provincial refocusing, my ministry will take on a new role by overseeing the funding and service delivery of all mental health and addiction services currently overseen by the Ministry of Health. The ministry, my ministry will work closely to oversee the new provincial mental health and addiction organization being created. This new organization will be responsible for the delivery of mental health and addiction services currently delivered by AHS. This includes the delivery of a comprehensive continuum of care that includes prevention, intervention, treatment, and recovery supports. We will also be working closely with the nonprofits and charitable organizations who provide many mental health and addiction services across our province. Lastly, my ministry will work closely to take on a greater role to provide system oversight, including service planning and capital planning for mental health and addiction services in Alberta. These changes will allow us to deliver mental health and addiction services and care more effectively for Albertans. We are committed to supporting every Albertan struggling with their mental health or suffering from the deadly disease of addiction in the pursuit of recovery. This will be done by supporting this full continuum of supports that are focused on recovery and by removing barriers and expanding services that will support across the province for all Albertans. The current AHS Senior Program Officer for Mental Health and Addiction, Carrie Bales, will lead the transition toward the new Mental Health and Addiction Organization. Dr. Nick Mitchell, the Provincial Medical Director of Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, and Dr. Nathaniel Day, the Medical Director of Addiction and Mental Health and Correlational Health Services at AHS, will also be important members of this transitional team. Their extensive knowledge and experience will be instrumental in guiding the work underway to establish the new Provincial Mental Health and Addiction Organization by mid-2024, as we heard from Minister LaGrange. While ensuring stability and continuity of mental health and addiction care will be a priority. As you move forward, our vision remains the same. Anyone suffering from the deadly disease of addiction or who has mental health challenges deserves an opportunity to pursue recovery and live a full life in our society. As Minister LaGrange mentioned, we want to hear directly from frontline workers to ensure that their voice helps guide us in this government's efforts to refocus Alberta's health care system on Alberta and on Albertans. Together, we know that we can provide better care for Albertans. Thank you for your time. Good morning. I'd like to express my gratitude to the government of Alberta for listening to the voices of frontline workers. Although there was a slight delay, we are pleased to see that the APEC report recommendations are being implemented by Minister LaGrange and Premier Smith. We, the Alberta Professional Firefighters and Paramedic Association, are hopeful that these changes will bring about much needed improvements in the working conditions and the overall health and well-being of all pre-hospital care practitioners. We look forward to working closely with our government in enhancing the lives of all Albertans. Thank you. Good morning everyone. I'm Sean Turlson. I'm President and CEO of the Shepherd's Care Foundation. Uh, registered charity that's faith-based. I'm here today representing the Alberta Continuing Care Association as past chair. The Alberta Continuing Care Association applauds the recent health care reforms by the Alberta government and in its commitment to advancing health care services for our beloved seniors. These reforms align with our mission of creating a sustainable and innovative continuing care sector. We're eager to work in collaboration with Alberta Health Services, Alberta Health, in providing our expertise, advocating for best practices, and fostering innovation of our beloved seniors' well-being. Thank you. Media Q&A portion of this announcement. And just a reminder for media on the line that our last two speakers there were Cody McIntyre, the president of Alberta Professional Firefighters, so Firefighters and Paramedics Association, and Sean Turlson, the president and CEO of Shepherd's Care Foundation. 
as well a reminder to media that uh, the participants listed in the news release will be available for the Q&A today. That includes Mr. Stilmack, Mr. Davis, Mr. McIntyre, Mr. Turlson, Dr. Sheeler, Mrs. Prendergast, Mr. Ferguson, and Mrs. Edmund Stone. Uh, we'll be going with one question, one follow-up today, and starting off in the room. Hi, Janet French from CBC. Just a, fresh, a question for the Premier. You've bemoaned um, the number of managers that were in Alberta Health Services, and now we're looking at this new structure where there's uh, an integration council, there's four potentially new, new or revamped bureaucratic organizations, a procurement secretariat. How does this model align with your goal of putting more resources into the front line as opposed to management? Well, I can, I can tell you from what we've seen happen over the last number of years is that uh, the administration has hollowed out of Alberta Health and has grown in Alberta Health Services. So the process that you'll see, and I think that Dan Williams described it well, is identifying the experts in Alberta Health Services and pulling them into Alberta Health to give department-level oversight so that we can make sure that uh, those uh, that issues are addressed across the entire system. So I, we've, we've made a commitment. We don't foresee any uh, frontline patient-focused uh, health professionals being, uh, we're, gonna, we're going to, to ensure that their jobs are protected, but I would say that you are going to see a process of, of streamlining in the management layers. And I'm actually not sure who the second question is for. Um, it's about building hospitals. So who would be responsible for building and designing hospitals under this new model? And um, is it the default assumption that AHS would run any new acute care hospital, or would it be open for bidders for different people to run it? Um, well, great question. And uh, capital infrastructure and maintenance uh, now still uh, is determined by Alberta Health. Uh, it is informed by AHS heavily at the moment. Um, and what we are looking to do is, is really looking at becoming strategic right across the whole province. Uh, while there, uh, there have been um, uh, zone plans and uh, AHS has provided plans. They haven't been comprehensive enough. Um, that's my uh, estimation at this point in time. And we really do need to look at the whole province strategically. If we do something over here, how does it affect over here? And that is what we're looking at doing. So creating, um, really building out uh, a capital infrastructure plan that is responsive to the needs of the whole province, not just to one organization. Shalon Skalski with CTV News here in Edmonton. Uh, question either for the Premier or the Health Minister. Uh, you mentioned it in your earlier remarks. The system is, from what we are hearing from doctors, at a state of collapse. Uh, patients waiting upwards of 36 hours in, in emergency rooms. Um, doctors saying it's the worst they've seen it in 15 years. What will this plan do to actually help Alberta seeking care right now? Well, right now, it is going to show that we are looking to change because obviously what uh, continuing doing what we're doing is not working. We need to bring in change. And uh, we are very focused on making sure that all of these four organizations that we set up are laser focused on improvements, on patient care, um, on making sure that those that are in the front lines are able to provide their feedback to us directly and that we're able to implement it. So again, it's really about, you know, tomorrow we'll it change. It's taken a long time to get to where we are. It's going to take some time to shift. But that being said, once we get into the new focused areas, my anticipation is that we will actually see better outcomes because they will be laser focused on making sure that they uh, address the concerns and the problems that they're seeing on the ground. Yeah, my follow-up again, not sure if it'd be best addressed to yourself or the Premier, just wondering around costs. Uh, how much do you expect the transition to cost? How much do you expect engagement to cost? How much do you expect for an operational budget of these new 12 councils, um, as well as the new four organizations that you've created? We've set forward an envelope of funding um, that was based on the 2008 transition. It was um, uh, rate, uh, prorated for inflation, et cetera. Um, we don't anticipate that we will require to use all those funds, but we did want to make sure that we had funds available to us um, as a department, as a ministry, to ensure a successful transition. Again, this is going to be a slow um, methodical, thoughtful journey that we're taking everyone on. Uh, it is going to start immediately, 
but it's going to take 18 to 24 months. We are going to have to set up each one of these organizations, um, make sure that there is seamless transition. We want to make sure that the Integration Council is set up for success, that the, um, um, the Procurement and Optimization um, Secretariat is also set up for success. So um, we are going to think this through, but we don't have a definitive number just yet. The, the problem that we've observed in the last year is that all roads lead to the emergency room. If you don't have a family doctor and your child is suffering a high fever, you go to the emergency room. If you're having a mental health crisis, you go to the emergency room. If there's an addiction crisis, you go to the emergency room. Um, if you are a senior who doesn't have place to go and continue in care, you stay in an acute care bed in a hospital. So by separating these functions out, what we are beginning to do, and the minister announced this last week, is ensure, number one, everyone has access to a family practitioner so that they always have the ability to see a family doctor or nurse practitioner um, so that we can avoid having all roads lead to the emergency room there. By focusing on continuing care, I understand with the Continuing Care Association, we may have as much as 30% vacancies in beds. So let's make sure that the patients are in the right place receiving the right level of care. I don't think anybody wants to sit and languish in a hospital room. They want to be in a more home-like facility. So let's make sure that they're in the continuing care homes and we're, we're building enough to be able to meet the future need so that we're also freeing up beds in, in acute care hospitals. And then with mental health and addiction, we, as soon as we build out our recovery communities, that also gives an alternative pathway for those who are, are suffering from addiction crisis to be able to get the treatment that they meet, need that is not going to be in a hospital environment. As well, we have five mental health uh, facilities that we're building as well to give that kind of focused care. So all of this does take time. Everything is in process. But that's the reason why this structure is, um, is, is going to optimize care, because uh, people will be able to get the, the right treatment in the right place at the right time, which uh, unfortunately they don't have right now. And that's why we're, we're seeing everything overloaded in the hospitals. Morgan Black with Global Edmonton. Kind of on that topic, we talk about the need for more family doctors, more beds, more resources. I'm just wondering if you could really outline how the reorg addresses the need for where there is not enough. You know, we talk about primary care finding you a family doctor how do you find that family doctor if there's not enough in the community? Well, if you if you look at the announcement that the, the health minister made a couple of weeks ago, this is, I think, one of the most important aspects is that we're going to allow nurse practitioners to set up their own practices and bill the province directly. I don't think any province has that kind of model. And so that will allow for, I've spoken with one nurse practitioner in the organization, she began um, working with a doctor who allows for uh, the, the billing as a matter of oversight. She's got 2,200 patients. So if we have our nurse practitioners able to uh, provide that other level of, of primary care, that's going to allow for more access. We're also recruiting more doctors. Um, the minister is working with Dr. Paul Parks, the head of the Alberta Medical Association, to create a new funding model that will support doctors with the rising overhead costs. And you've also seen as well that we've announced that our pharmacists are able to provide more primary care. So it's going to be a combination of all of those three factors. But the objective is that every single Albertan will have access to a family practitioner. And then follow our secondary question would be talking about the engagement sessions. I believe it starts with AHS tomorrow. So to what extent will what you hear in those engagement sessions change things or influence, I recognize it's a years-long process, so to what extent will that change things? Well, to a great extent, because we really want to hear from the frontline staff. Um, this is an exercise in really uh, listening to our frontline workers and to Alberta, every Albertan who wants to take part in the engagement sessions. I know I hear daily uh, about situations, uh, whether it's from a frontline worker or from from um, an everyday Albertan, a mom or a dad or someone who is, is struggling with the healthcare system as it currently exists. So this will give them an avenue to, to speak directly to the ministry, to myself as the Minister of Health, and uh, influence change. So I think it's very exciting to give them the opportunity. It really is empowering the workforce. And I've heard so often from the workforce, from the front lines, that they have great ideas that just aren't being listened to um, on, on how we could change and positively change. So. Manuel Prestovet, Radio Canada, Minister Williams in French. Yes. <laughs> Euh, en fait, j'aimerais juste que vous me disiez en français pourquoi faire toute cette réforme, pourquoi c'est nécessaire de faire toute cette réforme. Euh, parce que nous, nous, réorientons, nous réorientons 
le système pour que ça puisse travailler pour les Albertains, pour les familles Albertains, au lieu d'avoir un système plus administratif, plus complexe, que les, les Albertains ne peuvent pas accès, avoir l'accès à la soin qu'ils ont et qu'ils déservent. Et puis, qu'est-ce qui va changer dans la vie des patients? Un Albertain sera à l'hôpital dans un an, qu'est-ce qui va changer? Les manières que les Albertains accèdent leurs soins, ça ne changera pas. Mais nous aurons un, un système qui est, est euh, maintenant, euh, qui, qui est un focus sur les Albertains. Alors, nous aurons plus de, 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 de ressources qui peuvent être euh, réentourées vers les front lines. Ça changera. Mais la manière dont les gens euh, vont accéder leur, leurs soins, ça ne changera pas. Merci. Merci à vous. Oh, sure. The, the questions were simply, um, why are you doing this? Um, what is it you're doing? And the answer was simply, um, similar to the Premier and Minister of Health comments, that we're refocusing our healthcare system in a way that's going to better serve Albertans, to a system that is less complex, less administrative, and more of those resources go to the front lines. Uh, and then the follow-up system was, how will, what will be the difference, say, in a year's time? Uh, and my answer was simply, the way that Albertans access the system won't change, uh, but you will see more and more of the resources focused on those frontline services. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll go over to the phone lines now. Operator, could you put through our first caller, please? Thank you, Rick Bell, Calgary Sun. Uh, good, good morning. Um, since my memory has not completely left me, Um, I'd like, actually, uh, former Premier Stelmack to come to the podium, if he could. And my question is, I remember back in the 2008 election, there was discussion about changing the health care system toward um, what we then called a super board, uh, which, of course, was uh, Alberta Health Services. What are your thoughts today, now that there's a you know, major overhaul of that whole system. In, two, <clears throat> in 2008, uh, Rick, it was a good decision to consolidate uh, procurement, human resources, management of our hospitals across Alberta, uh, information systems to be the same across Alberta. And uh, at that time, uh, the system worked well. Since 2008, Uh, as we progressed, there were many more changes in Alberta. We heard today from the Minister and also from the Premier as to the refocusing on areas that have really increased in demand. Addictions, mental health. In 2008, yes, we did have some issues, but not anywhere similar to what we have today in emergency rooms across the province, where a lot of the visits to uh, the doctors in emergency are off uh, a mental health issue. Uh, homelessness, the numbers are incredible. Uh, even with all of the, the work that went in, we see the numbers increasing. We have some local uh, mayors here from uh, White Court, from, from Panoka, that have people, homeless people, even in small rural communities. That requires a refocus. Uh, the other area, on procurement and uh, infrastructure is one that uh, uh, the government will peel apart and be much more efficient in the way the hospitals are planned and built and make sure that they're in the right places as well. Um, so a lot has happened uh, since uh, I think it was May of 2008 when we made the announcement, but uh, I'm fully supportive of the plan that was introduced today. We're very optimistic. Uh, that we will see positive results. It's bold, uh, but it is strategic, and we will see better access for all Albertans. And uh, I have a supplementary question for... Uh, thank you very much, uh, Premier Stelmach. Well, thank um, you. I, I, I have you for a, a supplementary question for Premier Smith. If you could summarize it um, uh, succinctly... When you look back, uh, why, what is it about AHS ultimately, at, at its core, what is it about the way AHS operated that really didn't measure up to the 
expectations uh, you say Albertans have and that you have. What is it about the AHS that just wasn't working as well as it should? Well, I think what I look at at AHS, what I think it should be is Alberta hospital services. That's what people should be thinking of, um, is are they delivering the very best hospital acute care services? And um, are they creeping into other areas that, that really should be overseen by other entities? That's what this is, is all about, is figuring out how we can get mental health in the uh, proper um, uh, uh, structure for decision-making, primary care, proper structure, as well as continuing care for the proper structure. That's one part. The other part is that AHS became all things. It uh, is a policy-making body. It is the um, recipient of the lion's share of funding. It is a service provider. It contracts out to its competitors, and then it evaluates its performance. And uh, those functions need to be separated. That the policy-making function is an Alberta health function. The decision on how to fund is an Alberta health function. And so what this does is it puts Alberta Health Services as a service provider and doesn't put them in that conflict position where they're deciding whether to keep services from themselves or contract them out to Covenant Health or contract them out to a, a doctor-run surgical centre. So that's, I think, going to be the fundamental change, is that Alberta Health Services is going to be focused on delivering the very best hospital care, and then we're going to be able to, to build out the, the better functionality in those other areas. Thank you. And Operator, could you put through our next caller, please? Thank you. Don Braid, Calgary Herald. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I deeply regret that Bell asked the question I had for Ed. Uh, and uh, it's interesting to see him back at the podium after all these years. I think he so missed this. He said he missed it. By asking oh. uh, what, I guess, uh, you know, it was very controversial at the time. We know you integrated all the regions. There's a huge uproar. There's a lot of uh, public controversy about it. And could you identify where it started to go? off the rails, you think, a little bit with AHS uh, as obviously a very close and interested observer. Hmm. That's for Premier Stelmack, of course. Did you want to come in and answer? He, he said he missed hearing from Rick Bell, so I'm sure he missed hearing from you too, Don. I'll turn it over to him. I think uh, just the, the size of the, the organization and uh, as the Premier so eloquently described how the function uh, changed from being operating hospitals, uh, the intention and in, in, in the uh, design in 2008, to where they had this incredible role across Alberta and fingers into everything from hospital construction to policy, um, budgeting. To me, and, and I'm going to be very frank, the decision-making in this province in terms of budgets, infrastructure, and policy is made by government. It's made by elected people. And we drifted away from that. And uh, I think that, uh, Don, will give you a pretty good indication of where and why these changes have come about. Thank you. Um, and for the Premier, Sorry, uh, for the Premier as a follow-up, uh, Premier, it, it seems to me, is it a fair summary to say that what's happened here is that AHS is being seriously trimmed, so it's one of just four um, agencies that all report directly to Alberta Health, and that certainly implies a great uh, demand to staff up big time at Alberta Health and at Mental Health and Addictions to deal with all this. Uh, could you your comments on that, and also, are you considering changing the name of AHS to Alberta Hospital Services? That would make it very clear. <laughs> oh, I'll leave the name change up to the the new board and to the to the minister on that. But I would say it's it's sort of one step further is that AHS will be one service re provider reporting up to acute care, which is one of the the agencies. They're not going to be a, at the top of that pillar. And they're not going to be at the top of all of the pillars. So under acute care provision, we'll, of course, have the um, uh, Covenant Health. We will have Alberta Health Services. And we'll have the, uh, the, the, the doctor-run surgical centers 
as well under there, and they will all report independently up to the acute care organization that uh, reports directly to the minister. But keep in mind, I mean, AHS, I believe, runs 106 of our facilities, and so they are obviously the most significant uh, provider of acute care services, and I, I suspect that will continue. Thanks, Don. Operator, can you put through our next caller, please? Thank you. David Staples, Edmonton Journal. Thanks for taking my call. There was a crisis uh, in our hospitals during COVID um, surrounding um, not having enough acute care beds for all the COVID patients, which greatly limited the government's options. How will these changes, if we were to have another situation like that with a, a new virus, a new pandemic, how, would, how are the changes that you're putting in place better able to address something like that where, you know, for instance, the government was promised about 1,000 beds and they could only deliver about 170, as I recall at one point, which was not nearly enough. How will this new system better work uh, in that kind of scenario? We've already begun. I mean, surge capacity was one of the, the big objectives when Dr. John Cowell came in. Uh, I, if I remember my notes correctly, we've increased the amount of acute care beds by 171, and we've also increased the amount of ICU staffed beds by 50. So we're moving in, in the right direction. I suspect the biggest change will come from a facility-by-facility -facility audit to see how many patients should be in an alternative um, uh, arrangement, either in a long-term care facility or a continuing care facility or at home supported by home care. I think what we have observed is that um, several of our wings of our, our hospital, several wards, several floors, have been turned over to, uh, to continuing care provision. And we have a whole variety of alternative care providers who could, uh, who could provide alternative arrangements. So I don't want to prejudge how many um, beds that will be. I, th I think at the, at the moment it had, it had been identified as over 500 individuals who are waiting for placement in long-term care. It, it may be more than that. Uh, I also know that there are wings of hospitals and floors and operating rooms that have either been decommissioned or never brought into service. So when the minister talks about optimization, that, that's going to, to, to be the, the challenge of the board, is to go through facility by facility and make sure all of the uh, areas are optimized. And then, of course, we have a, a recruiting uh, task ahead of us. We have to graduate more health professionals to be able to make sure that we're staffed up and recruit more of them from, from abroad. But we, we have to get a better handle on just how much capacity we do have and how much more we can, we can create. But that's the direction we need to go. One of the, the things that Dr. Cowell told me is the problem is if you always are operating at 100%, when you do end up with a patient surge like we do every single respiratory virus season, now you're burning out your staff because you're asking them to operate at 115%. And in the case of COVID, that carried on for over two years. And so we have completely burnt out our frontline staff. The, what we have to do is, is create um, enough of a, a capacity buffer have the, uh, the hospitals operating at 85% so that when a surge comes, they're able to scale up and we're able to create better working conditions. So that's where we're going to, is that you can't have your staff running flat out all the time, especially when un unanticipated um, uh, pressures come on the system. And so we, we, we are going to be working on improving that capacity at the hospitals. Uh, my follow-up question is we, we have some major trends going on, just not in Alberta, but across North America, where people are getting major diseases like cancer, diabetes, um, cardiovascular disease in greater numbers than at younger ages than ever before. So we have just general trends where the population is becoming less healthy over time. And some physicians and other medical people are talking about a great need for preventative care coming to the forefront that our systems are designed for acute care, but we do a very, we do a poor, terrible job in preventive medicine. How will these changes um, that you're envisioning address that particular issue? Um, so, great question, and, and something that we really have to focus on. When I made the announcement on primary care, on modernizing Alberta's primary care system, it's really from the lens of 
How do we keep people out of hospital? How do we do early diagnostics? I'm a rehab practitioner by profession, and part of what I've always advocated for is early intervention, um, early diagnostics. How do we improve that system? Uh, having everyone attached to a primary care provider so that they can be seen when, when something uh, happens within their body that they feel needs to be addressed. The sooner they can get in to see their family physician or a nurse practitioner or a pharmacist or whoever that primary care uh, professional is, the sooner we can uh, start them on a journey to, to diagnosis. And I know for myself, um, I was diagnosed with eye cancer in 2012. It was an optometrist who had the insight to see that, you know what, what he's seeing isn't quite normal. And so he sent me on to an ophthalmologist who then tracked me for a number of years, who then said, you know what, this needs to go to the next level. We need that for every single individual in this province. And so that's what we're working towards, is really improving the system so we catch things early and help people stay as healthy as possible and stay out of the hospital. And we have time for just one more question here. Operator, could you put through our last caller, please? Thank you, yes. Alana Smith, Globe and Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. I think this one would fall to Premier Smith. Uh, I'm just wondering, so the system, like in the acute care pillar of this new system, would there be room for a competitor to Alberta Health Services to operate? Well, currently uh, there are a number of service providers, um, uh, including Covenant Health. Covenant Health, as well as Alberta Health Services, have been operating in the acute care space. We've also had um, chartered surgical facilities run by physicians that have been operating for decades now, and, and we're seeing more of that happening. So. It really is um, ensuring that those that are, are providing service right now continue to provide service, but they will have an organizational structure overseeing them that really is focused on all of acute care and providing good guidance up to the ministry. And did you have a follow-up, Elena? And then, sorry, can you hear me for my follow-up question? Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, I, just to clarify on that first question, I'm really talking about hospitals specifically. So I know there's AHS, there's Covenant. Is there room for more, basically, for their competitive, um, you know, kind of control of hospitals? But my second question, in addition to that um, clarification, is just in terms of empowerment, we keep talking about empowerment, empowerment of, you know, regional areas of Alberta, empowerment of frontline workers. I'm wondering what exactly, what decisions exactly are frontline workers or regional areas from these regional boards going to make? What are their decision-making processes? So to your first question on acute care, acute care right now is being provided by AHS, by Covenant Health, by chartered surgical facilities. Uh, so it will continue to be publicly funded health care right across this province. And so there is no privatization of healthcare. So I want to be very, very clear on that. No privatization. It is publicly funded uh, public healthcare that uh, we're talking about. On your second question in terms of the uh, regional, so right now there are AHS uh, 12 um, advisory councils, regional advisory councils. My understanding is that they could provide better input that would inform change uh, because what I hear, even from doctors and nurses uh, right on the front line, is that oftentimes they bring their suggestions, their ideas forward, but they're not acted upon, not listened to. And so these uh, new um, restructured um, 12 uh, advisory councils, actually 13, including a new Indigenous uh, advisory council, will actually provide direct input to the Integration Council. It will provide direct input to each one of these organizations, and ultimately it will provide direct input to the Ministry of Health and myself. Perfect, and that'll wrap up today's announcement. Thank you everybody for joining Thanks, us. Thanks everyone.